Coming up on Stu Does America, I do something that absolutely no one else wants to do. Go to Florida in July. And we talk to an individual with a cervix, Sarah Gonzalez, about how her lady parts are no longer allowed to be called lady parts. To watch any episode of the show, go to YouTube and search for my name, Stu. If you uh, do that, I will be the first one there. Make sure to subscribe. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube now, click like on this video. Do it now before you forget or I say something that pisses you off. Plus, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review. It's a simple, it's great, whatever, plus five stars. It lets me know that you're not a communist operative. Oh, and I warn you, uh, Chris Cuomo said something stupid again last night. <laughs> Who would have thought? We're going to play it for you here in just a minute. In the meantime, head over to andrewcuomoisawful.com now to punish his entire family in advance. Stu does America. Hey, guys. You know, just a bunch of us hanging out, thinking about the big ideas. Let me hit you with something I've been thinking about. Are you ready? Black lives matter. I mean, not all black lives, obviously, not black cops lives. No, no, no. Or black lives in the womb. And definitely, most certainly not the black life of Republican Herman Cain. I don't mean to say that his black life doesn't matter at all. I mean, it mattered a little or more accurately, his death mattered a little. Just enough for the entire media to use it to make the point against the president. It just took a former presidential candidate, Herman Cain. Yes, he supported the president. The president says he was a good friend of his. We wish his family well, and we wish that he rest in peace. And I wish that this president have no peace until he thinks about what he's exposing people to. He didn't even mention that Mr. Cain was at his rally among the maskless masses right before he was diagnosed. Now, maybe he didn't get it there. Sure as hell didn't help. Interesting commentary from a guy who has also had the coronavirus. Were you not taking the appropriate steps, Chris? At least Herman Cain didn't leave his residence during his quarantine and get in fights with passing bikers. If only Herman Cain had thought to treat his illness with a bleach bath and the tiny bottles in the back of his spice cabinet like you, everything would have been fine. It wasn't just douches like Chris Cuomo doing this. Here's Reuters. I mean, as Greg Price notes, Herman Cain grew up in poor, uh, grew up poor in Atlanta, was a rocket scientist for the Department of the Navy, had a story business career, chaired a Federal Reserve Bank and was the first black Republican to lead a presidential primary and beat stage four cancer. None of that mattered to Reuters. The Reuters article he's referring to ran this headline, Herman Cain, ex-presidential candidate who refused to wear a mask dies after COVID-19 diagnosis. Black lives don't actually matter to the media. They are tools to be used. The same thing applies to COVID-19. Regardless of the truth of the matter, Corona serves as a tool to bash the president and to hype the audience. I might do something more complete on this next week, but here's the thing. I think you know that I'm not someone who's just been blowing off the seriousness of COVID. I think the whole situation honestly sucks on a million levels. But the media wants you to think we're headed toward an entire nation full of New Yorks. I just don't fundamentally think that's possible. We may have a bunch of individual increases in other cities that add up to scary numbers, but nothing is concentrated and out of control as New York. Let me explain. 
we kind of have a short memory with this thing. But think back to life uh, back in the day when this thing was hitting New York out of control. It's late February, early March. You get COVID, okay? Your first, you know, you first walk around for a few days with no symptoms and you spread it around. Then you start sneezing, start coughing, you have a fever, mild symptoms. So what do you do? Well, you live your life completely as normal. You're not social distancing. You're still commuting on the icky train. You're certainly not wearing a mask. And you're passing it to people all around you. Now, maybe in this time you've heard a story about Italy or China and the coronavirus. But every night on your TV, people like Bill de Blasio and Nancy Pelosi and Chris Cuomo's brother, Andrew, are telling you to attend festivals in Chinatown and to prove that you're not a racist. So you go check out the festival. You go to a bar. You go to a comedy club. All of those people you have passed it to then spend several days themselves passing it without symptoms until they get them and they still keep going to work and eating out and doing all that stuff. Eventually, when either the symptoms get bad enough or the news gets dire enough, you decide to get a test. But guess what? There are no tests. Keep in mind, at this point, your wife, who probably caught it from you a week ago, has no symptoms. So she basically assumes she's fine and she continues to go out as well. Combine all of this with the fact that your stupid governor starts importing known COVID patients into nursing homes, and that is how you get a New York. Now take the same situation today. You, again, get coronavirus without even knowing. You live life as normal, and you can potentially spread the virus without symptoms again. But now normal means social distancing to some degree, no large gatherings, no commute because you're probably working at home, uh, maybe wearing a mask in every store that you have to go into. And then the second you get any sign of symptoms, even if they're mild, you're avoiding everybody. You're probably even sleeping on the couch away from your wife. You know, maybe you got in a fight, too. I don't know. And you're going to get tested right away. And the test this time will actually be available. Then, you know, as you wait the test results, you're avoiding everyone yet again. You're never going out unless you have to. And then if you are going out, you're definitely wearing a mask that time. The result comes in, let's say, positive. When that happens, you're quarantining for a couple of weeks and it's over. But you're also alerting your friend and your brother and your favorite coffee shop that you were in. And then they will go get tested, too. You may have possibly still infected a couple of people early on when you were unaware but you didn't infect dozens and dozens and dozens, and the chain stops a lot faster. Also, the style of governing, where you intentionally murder all of your old people, as popularized by Andrew Cuomo, has fallen out of style. So you can absolutely get increases in given states, and it can look ugly, but can it get out of control Cuomo style? I don't think it can. Fingers crossed. This is such a tough deal, uh, a tough like deal to kind of process, I guess, at this point. The media is so annoying, constantly warning of the apocalypse that it's natural to want to push back on whatever they're saying. But I'm not sure you've exactly nailed the right understanding of this quite yet. You've probably noticed a change in tone from Donald Trump lately on this issue, at least when, you know, he isn't on Twitter. I want to go through some of what's happening. Uh, let's go back here to the beginning of June after our initial recovery from March, April and May. Coronavirus cases have started to inch up just a little bit, particularly in states like Arizona, Texas and Florida. We waited a couple of weeks and the media kind of said, well, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be lots of deaths. And we waited a couple of weeks and deaths did not budge. 
The optimistic take at the time, and this was pretty much everywhere outside the mainstream media, was that this time was different because these cases skewed younger. As we got to July, a bunch of you asked me to look into the stats and see if it was real. And frankly, it's kind of insulting. I mean, you know, it's a Thursday night of a three-day weekend. You think I'm going to sit in front of spreadsheets breaking down the age blend of coronavirus cases in a state I don't even live in? You don't think I have more of a life than that? Anyway, once I had all the data into the spreadsheets, I noticed some interesting things, and I tweeted about it on July 2nd. A lot of people have asked me to take a closer look at the claims of newer cases of COVID-19 hitting younger people. Is this true? And what should we expect as far as mortality rates? We're going to take a short break and I'll fill you in on what I found in just a second. You should be as fat as you want to be exactly as fat as you want to be. Now, it's probably the case that you'd rather be less fat. I know I'd like to be less fat. If you'd like to be a little bit less fat, you may want to try intermittent fasting. I tend to really like it because it's fast. Fasting is fast. Uh, It's one of those things where your metabolism can be sped up. You can see results immediately. You can see that scale move every single day, at least in my experience. Dieting, you know, it's tough. Uh, You know, fasting, though, is a lifestyle change, and it's made easy by Fast Blast. They help you with the Fast Blast smoothie, which is uniquely formulated for intermittent fasting. It gives you great energy, fewer cravings, and the best part is very simple, and it tastes great. You just drink, uh, you know, one every couple of hours, combine it with lots of liquids, and it'll keep you satisfied. It's a little bit of a different way of thinking about food, honestly. It's a change in your life, but it's a good change. It's a change where you have more control. You can really enjoy the things that you enjoy. And you, when, you're, when you're on the fasting program, you're on it. And you don't have to worry about trying to you know, nibble around the edges. You are, you're going to notice the difference. We always tell you to do your own homework. So uh, learn more at fastblast.com slash blaze. The slash blaze part is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. So get started today with Fast Blast. For a healthier and smaller you, it's fastblast.com slash blaze, fastblast.com slash blaze. Before the break, we were discussing my personal research on the claims that newer coronavirus cases are starting to hit younger people. Here's what I found. It's true that newer cases are skewing younger using Florida's excellent data. Cases up to June 15th were 47 percent of them were under 44 years old. After June 15th, it was 66 percent under 44 years old. Hospitalizations up to June 15th, it was 17 percent under 44 years old. After June 15th, it went up from 17 to 26 percent under 44 years old. Let me take a minute uh, to stop and ask the question that I think everyone's thinking about right now. How are you not following me on Twitter yet? I mean, doesn't this sound great? At Stu Does America. Do you understand the incredible content you're missing out on? Doesn't this sound like lots of fun? Continuing, the data seems to support the idea that this research, uh, this recent batch of cases should lead to lower death rates based on the age blend of the group. For those hospitalized on uh, 615 or before, chance of death 24.5%. For those after 615, it's only 17.3%. That's a pretty big difference. Uh, let me take one more break to show you this tweet. It's from the Lakers game last night. Um, I'm not a social media expert, but why does he want 14 more? How many more? 14. Shouldn't he want zero more police brutalities? I, I don't understand. But here, 
I just want to make the point, in case you're thinking about following me on Twitter, I didn't want you to think it was nothing but nerdy percentages. I mean, it's mostly nerdy percentages, but not entirely. So back to talking about the younger cases from my uh, July 2nd tweet thread here. Um, Lower amounts in June. Taken in isolation, uh, this should be considered good news with some asterisks. Uh, However, it holds true with the same number of cases. That's it. The problem is there are a lot more cases. For each hospitalization, we would expect about a 30% lower chance of death. But there are about 31% more hospitalizations. More people in the hospital, but lower chance of death for each one. Those basically cancel each other out at the average levels from the last week in June. However, if hospitalizations were to increase from that level, deaths deaths would likely go up overall. Florida has basically exhausted its younger patient advantage, and hospitalizations are increasing. The younger patient advantage exhausts itself around 202 new hospitalizations per day. Today's update was 325. I'm not going to tweet the weekend away with disclaimers about all the other possible explanations, of which there are some. I'll just say that if things don't turn around, I worry that we are going to see things get considerably worse in Florida, and I doubt the patterns are different in the other states. I hope I'm wrong, but that's my vibe at the moment. This doesn't mean we should shut the economy down or lock ourselves in COVID shelters until the year 2034. But doing your best to take rational precautions is probably a good idea. This isn't the end of the world, but it's not nothing either. For example, I would avoid almost all situations involving clown cars. Unless, of course, it's related to a left-wing protest, because you're totally cured if you go to a left-wing protest, obviously. So what has happened since that? That was July 2nd. At the time, July 2nd, the average number of deaths per day in Florida had bounced between 30 and 50 a day for 86 straight days. Really consistent and really flat. This is what the graph looked like up until my uh, July 2nd, you know, nerd fest, I guess is the right term. You see, it's, it's pretty flat going along for a long time. So what has happened since? Since those tweets, the average daily deaths in Florida, unfortunately, have tripled. Now, after 86 days at 50 or below, the current seven-day average is 152 per day. And the single-day total for July 30th was 252, five times the highest average uh, before the beginning of July. Today's update was 257. So what happened? Well, it's true. The cases were hitting younger people uh, than March and April, as I mentioned, and that provided Florida with a younger patient advantage. This meant that the same number of cases would give you less deaths. Even slightly more cases would keep deaths flat. But that only lasts so long. Let's revisit one of those tweets. The younger patient advantage exhausts itself around 202 new hospitalizations per day. Today's update was 325. So here's what the hospitalizations looked like up until that point. You know, you can see it's a slight increase. Sure, they're rising, but they were still under that magic number of 202, which should have kept deaths roughly flat. The problem is not only did Florida go past that number, they blew through it. This is what the hospitalization chart looks like now. Uh, The average per day stands at 481 over seven days, and it's rising. A lot has been made about cases plateauing a little bit in Florida, which is really great news. And hospitalizations will eventually follow. But and we still have a good amount of time where we're going to be seeing deaths at these levels and potentially above them. The other thing that happened was that the younger people who were infected passed it to the older people. This kind of seems to keep happening. This is directly from the official Florida report. In mid-June, the median ages of uh, cases uh, cases 
came down from the high 30s uh, to as low as 33 years old. That's a big difference in a chart like this. But in late June, it started to climb back up and, and hit 40. And then now, as the median cases of, uh, 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 of uh, coronavirus have risen even more, the, the new cases, like, we're over 40 years old now. I mean, hitting as high as 43 on July 26th. This isn't good for hospitalizations or for deaths. Now, here's the time where we stop. And we say yet again, no, I am not saying we are shutting the economy down, or we should. We don't all buy panic rooms and storm shelters and hide away from the evil virus until the 2024 election. I know there are psychotic governors out there that want you to never see the sky again. But I'm not them. That ain't me. I do think we should try to take whatever steps we can to not be a corona spreading sneeze machine. You know, if you can do it outside, do it outside. If you can do it at a distance, do it at a distance. If you're inside and you can deal with a mask without passing out like a drunk pledge at a sorority, do that too. Stay away from grandma and grandpa if it's plausible. I don't even know if they like you that much anyway. And keep the large gatherings at a minimum. And if you have to do them, try to do them outside. I know you know all that crap, but I'm not saying it to be your mom. I'm saying it because that's the alternative to your power-hungry governor going Stalin all over your asses. I'm not talking about you, California, because you're already screwed. So just give up. Again, we don't have to be perfect on this stuff. We just need to be smart. And that's what I think the American people are. I don't think the government should be mandating any of this crap. But we've talked a lot about the Swedish model. That's kind of what we're going for here, right? People taking the precautions they deem appropriate voluntarily. My point is, we are fighting for our economy to be open and to give our personal liberty, I don't know, a break. I don't want it to be erased. It's okay in that process, though, in addition to our fight for liberty, to admit that, damn, this coronavirus thing sucks. If you want to call it the Wuhan virus to remember how much it sucks, that's A-OK with me. China unleashed this little bastard on the world and we're all paying the price for it. And I hate that. We likely have weeks and weeks ahead of really rough times in Florida. The number one cause of death in Florida is heart disease. It kills 127 people per day. The July 30th COVID report, again, was 252 dead. That's double the previous leading cause of death in Florida. If these numbers don't go down, it will get harder and harder for even good governors to resist doing something. Let's not tempt them. If these numbers do come down, it means lots of good things, not only for the people staying alive, but it means good things for the economy. Sure, you know, the economy may inch along and show some improvement without real improvement in the infection numbers. But the economy won't rage again until this thing feels like it's in the rearview mirror. And if that doesn't happen in the next couple of months, it's going to have a big effect on a certain Tuesday in November, too. Joined now by Sarah Gonzalez. She's the host of the News and Why It Matters right here on Blaze TV, as well as the YouTube channel of uh, Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered, which you should totally subscribe to. And she is, well, Sarah is an individual with a cervix. It, is that, I mean, does that make you comfortable? It's accurate. <laughs> I guess. Technically, you're correct. Yes, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um, that's all the information I need about it, but I'm glad to hear it. Um, CNN did this. This is an actual story. Ugh. And they had a tweet with the same thing. Mm -hmm. They say 
Individuals with a cervix are now recommended to start cervical cancer screening at 25 and continued through age 65. Forgetting the probably important cancer information that's mixed in there, an individual with a cervix. An individual with a cervix. Is there any other name for that? Um, well, I gotta, you know, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh yeah, a woman. That's, that's all you need. That's, that's just women. Women probably should go get cervical cancer screenings yeah. at this age. That's all you need. That's all the necessary information that one needs to determine whether or not this information applies to them. Right. Very simple. It's Very un- simple. It's unbelievable. Like, what are they trying to do? Am I un- reading this right? In fact, they're basically trying to say if you are a woman, right, born. It, let's talk in normal okay. human terms here for a second. I always say I need a flow chart. Right, okay. We need a flow yes, chart for all of these conversations. <laughs> it's so true. Okay. You're a woman, let's say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I am. You are. This is convenient. This is convenient. <laughs> yeah. You're a woman. and But this is where it might veer from your life story, but I don't know. Okay. You decide you or you you are a transgender. You decide to become a transgender man. So you okay. start a woman mm-hmm. and you're now a man. Mm-hmm. You still got a cervix right. as far as I understand. Right. I, so uh, is that what they're trying to say? Like basically, hey, you 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 guys, which are actually started as girls. Make sure you get your cancer screenings because you got a cervix. I think yes. And I also think they're trying not to offend the transgendered women. Because if they said women need to get cancer screenings, <laughs> they don't. cervical cancer screenings, it wouldn't apply to them because they don't, in fact, That's have a right. cervix. So they would be, you'd be saying women and they'd be like, do I, so, and then they'd go show up to the doctor and be like, hi, I need to get my cervix checked. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the doctor would be very confused once the patient takes off their clothes from the waist down. That's true. Uh, that is, uh, this is, it's again, 1984. It is. You're in the point where they are just changing the names of what meanings of words, things that everyone knows are true. They're just saying the opposite. This is bizarre. It's very bizarre. And it's it, it makes it more bizarre when you think about all of these all of these things that we are told the science is settled on. The science is settled on masks, for instance. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to walk around wearing masks at all times. When you could argue that there is science showing that masks would be effective, you can also not yeah. discount the fact that there are conflicting studies. Yeah, and there's really no science that says they're universally effective, right? right? Like right. they can be beneficial in some uh, in some situations, but there's some that say it really doesn't make that much of a difference. Right, exactly. And then you've got the climate, right? Like yeah. the, the science is supposedly settled on that, even though there are conflicting reports. There is conflicting science yeah. that exists out there. But now, all of a sudden, when you've got something that the science is very clearly settled on, we can't just come to an agreement that this is the term we're going to use. Yeah, because I mean, that's bizarre. How does this happen? Women's rights. Can you even say that anymore? No. Do you have to say individual with cervix rights? I, apparently. Apparently you do, um, which is really, I mean, it's really sad. I think that if you are a member of the left and you are a woman I don't know how you continue supporting that party because that party in itself and along with the mainstream media has decided to just completely toss women aside. I mean, they have been thrown out of the plane. Yeah, they are no longer, uh, you know, put into consideration for anything as long as the LGBTQRS community is, you know, made happy. Yeah. Which they're hard to please, they are by the way. Very hard. Very to hard to please. And the further you get down that alphabet soup, there, the, yeah. the more 
because you you know the the transgender and people and the gay and the gay alliance there are kind of like fighting. Yes. Like there's there's arguments. Like you know we've talked to lesbian and gay callers who've called up and it's like I'm sick of this. Like I fought a long time for these rights and now they're putting me in these other groups I don't belong in. I think what I'm really fascinated about is the way these words are changing. Mm-hmm. Like gender always meant right man or woman right. right. And that now, I remember Ellen saying this quite clearly in a clip when she was like, you know, people don't understand, you know, what, what we're talking about. We're talking about transgender. It's, it's basically like it's a feeling you have in your mind. And I'm like, well, we're just talking about two different topics, right? right? Like I'm talking about what is your sex? What's your gender? Right. You're talking about a feeling in your mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to micromanage the feelings in your mind. You can do whatever you want with those. Right. Well, and it's no wonder that they have su- such a thing as gender fluidity because your feeling in your mind could change. Could change at any time. At- any point in your life. I mean, especially when you're talking about from life to, you know, from birth to death. Yeah. I mean, what, what you feel in your mind when you're four certainly isn't what you feel in your mind when you're 40. Yeah, right. It's, they almost treat it like it's just a personality trait, like <laughs> outgoing as opposed to an introvert, right? right? Like, uh, you know, like, yeah, okay, well, that's interesting that you're an outgoing person. Fine. I'm not going to base policy on it, though. Right. Like, you might change. You can, you can, that, that, that is a, it's a bizarre thing. The same thing I think is happening with racism right now when we go into this sort of world of white fragility, where racism used to mean, do you hate people because of the color of their skin, to, to, to broadly generalize. Now it means like if you're a white person and even if you absolutely have no hatred for anyone in the other color of their skin, you've participated in a system that beyond your control has benefited you and therefore you're a racist. And it's like, well, we're just talking about different topics. Right. Like, I, I don't know what that thing you're describing is, but it's got nothing to do with me. Right, right. Well, and I had to answer someone uh, on on Twitter yes- yesterday. I think it was yesterday. You never have to answer someone on Twitter. Okay, you that's, know that. That's fair. Okay. All right, that's fair. You got me there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it was on the topic of racism, and it was uh, someone from on left-leaning, and they said, well, oh, I thought you people said that racism doesn't exist. Mm. So forgive me if I don't take you seriously. And I said, I know literally zero people who have ever said that racism <laughs> no. doesn't exist. It definitely exists. But when you're talking about systemic racism, that's a completely separate issue. Yeah. Individuals can be racist while arguing that systemic racism does not exist. Yeah. Those two things. And I just feel like there's no there's no nuance anymore. There's no context to any particular term. It's no. just whatever you want it to mean it's going to mean at any particular given point in time if you think that maybe it lends credibility to what you're trying to say. Yeah, and as you say that too, like, I mean, there was a time where you as a woman of color would be exempt from all of these things. Right. But it seems like women are getting tossed aside and Hispanics are being tossed aside. So you're totally screwed. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Well, and apparently uh, the lighter the skin color of Hispanics, which Uh, we range, we range greatly just like anyone Uh in the world, uh, the lighter the skin color, the more you're seen as just, you're just white passing. So if you can be white passing, you might as well just be white. Therefore, you don't get a say. You know, who is telling us about this structure, right? Who is saying it's better to have lighter skin? It's not me. It's always them. Always them. There was that great video we played from Ryan Long, that comedian uh, who does these, you know, he's on Twitter and YouTube all the time. And and we played it yesterday. And it's like, he made a point much better than I've been able to make it. But I've been thinking the same thing, which is these new 
anti-racists sound a lot like the old school racists. Mm-hmm. They all want to be segregated. Mm-hmm. All they think about is race all the time. They want to, uh, to, they, to make sure that every decision is made based on the color of their skin, which is totally arbitrary. Why don't we talk about hair color or eye color or any other physical attribute? Skin color means nothing. That used to be very uh, a defensible position, but now it's not. Yeah, uh, I can't tell you. I, I can't remember. I cannot recall a time where I have been treated uh, solely based on the color of my skin from the conservative side. Working in this, working mm-hmm. in this industry, right? I work with both sides. It's always every single time it happens. It is always from the other side that they make a comment on the color of my skin and how it's supposed to mean something, which is. Absolutely racist. Yeah, right. I mean, absolutely that racist is the definition I of it. Always, every single time it happens, it is from them. And in some ways, it makes sense. Yeah. They're thinking about that's, it. That's all, all the that time. they think about. That's how they define people. Yes, it's, it, it, it's supposed to be my entire identity. Yeah. To them. That is depressing. Yeah. You know, and it's wrong. Yeah. It's blatantly wrong. I mean, I'll die on that hill all day. I mean, oh, Terry yeah. Crews said it really well. I mean, that is to be able to take people by who they are as individuals is something I'm not willing to bail on. Yes. Like, that's just too important. Yeah. You know? I, Mar- I mean, Martin Luther King would be rolling in his grave right now. It's certainly not what he fought for. No. And I, uh, you know, you watch this white fragility thing. We did a show on this, I think, last week or right, maybe it was right before vac- my vacation. So a couple weeks ago. Um, and. You know, we went through the book and all the things that they say in there. And I just keep coming down with the same conclusion. This is a full frontal assault on Martin Luther King. Yes. Every there will be they will be tearing down his statues within a decade, Mm -hmm. tearing them down to the ground because he did not believe this stuff. And they see it now as white people use him as a defense because he was stupid enough to talk about color content of character instead of color of skin. I mean, she basically says that in the book. That, so so now Martin Luther King is the white man's token, I guess. I guess accor- so. According to the book. Sir, I'm so confused. <laughs> so, I told you we need a flow chart. We do. We do. Okay, next time you come on, we're going to produce it. Maybe we'll take up one of these dumb panels of, of the city behind me. I would appreciate it. We'll have a nice flow chart just so we can understand the stories we're talking about. I would appreciate it. I am losing control here. I don't even understand it. Uh, Sarah Gonzalez, host of The News and Why It Matters, of course, and Sarah Gonzalez, Gonzalez Unfiltered on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to her YouTube channel. And if you'd like, consider a subscription to Blaze TV. Just head over to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. You'll save 10 bucks and get access to everything on Blaze TV. Sarah, thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, back in a second. Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Yes, Andrew Cuomo, one of the worst, I was going to say worst human beings. Yep, that's right. Worst human beings on the planet. Uh, that's pretty much where he is these days. I, wanna, I want you to listen to this quote. And it's, it's almost impossible for me to tell you how disingenuous the audio you're about to hear is. I'll tell you why afterwards, but I want you to listen to this. This is, it's like a Picasso of being a douche. That's Andrew Cuomo. He is like the most famous artist. He, he throws lies and uh, misleading statements around as if he was, uh, you know, he was in the Renaissance. I, I, it's, it's really impressive. Here he is, Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. 
I believe it is a political issue. I think it's the New York Post. I think it's Michael Goodwin. I think it's Bob McManus. I think mm -hmm. it's Fox TV. I think it is all politically motivated. Okay. If anybody looked at the facts, okay. Let's look at they it. would know mm -hmm. that it was wholly absurd mm. on its face. Okay. People died in nursing homes. That's very unfortunate. Uh, just on the top line, we, have, we are number 35th in the Number. nation oh in gosh. percentage of deaths in nursing homes. Mm -hmm. uh, go talk to 34 other states oh, okay. first. Mm -hmm. Go talk to the Republican states now, mm. Florida, Texas, Arizona. Ask them what is happening in nursing homes. It's all politics. This man's responsible for tens of thousands of dead people. His decisions made those things happen. And this guy is trying, I mean, it is almost incomprehensible that a human being could say what he just said with a straight face. If you want to look at uh, the list of deaths, we can go, we can do that if you want to. We're going to have to talk to zero other states that are higher than New York because, of course, New York led the nation in deaths. New York was number two in the nation, at least currently, as far as deaths per million. The only state there behind is New Jersey because of a bunch of people who worked in New York and then brought it back to New Jersey. Remember, uh, Andrew Cuomo didn't do any of the shutdown stuff until weeks after Donald Trump actually called for it. It was definitely days. I don't remember exactly the amount of days. Go back, watch our timeline of March and Andrew Cuomo. You can get every single one of these details. But beyond that, his stat where he's saying he's 34th or 35th in the nation when it comes to nursing home deaths is specifically because he is the only state in the union who took people who were very sick in nursing homes, got driven to the hospital, died in the hospital. He's the only state in the union not counting that as a nursing home death. He is absolutely lying and I don't know where the press is to ask him about this. Andrew Cuomo, the only state of New York that uh, that did uh, calculated nursing home deaths that way. Andrew Cuomo, one of only five states to import known covid positive patients into nursing homes. The most vulnerable people. He took people with the virus and put them into nursing homes where the most vulnerable people were. And he was the only state in the union that prevented nursing homes from testing patients before they came for the first time. He said, you know what? Bring them in. You can't test them because if you test them, you might discriminate against them because of their covid status. Andrew Cuomo is the worst manager of the coronavirus pandemic in the world. Full stop. Worse than Wuhan, worse than Italy, worse certainly than a bunch of Republican states he mentioned that don't have a tenth of the death rate that he does. It is inexplicable that this man continues to get any credit for anything he's done unless you are a fan of watching people die for no reason because he's damn good at that an absolute disgrace andrew cuomo is awful.com let's talk about greta much better by the way i would much rather have greta thunberg running my freaking state than andrew cuomo it's been a while so why not let's blab about her 
Now, before we begin, I should preface that I am a fan of The Office, big fan, as you may know. Uh, excellent show. I loved it. I enjoy rewatching episodes from time to time or all the time. That being said, the actors aren't exactly as lovable sometimes as they uh, as they seem on screen. And I'm, I'm glad because Dwight Schrute apparently, well, look, he's going to go down these roads. He's an actor. You can't you can't attach yourself to the politics of actors. So that's a good idea. Here's a new uh, a new preview for one of his shows coming up. Watch. Oh, hey, Greta. But hey, could you get me Steve Carell's autograph? Sure, sure, Greta. I can get you Steve Carell's autograph. Can you get me the autograph of former Secretary General of the United Nations Ban Ki-moon? Soul Pancake good presents God. An Idiot's Guide to Climate Change. You know, I actually, I don't know. I kind of like these guys. Um, when I think of Steve Carell, though, I do not exactly think the Get Smart reboot that nobody saw would be, would be what I would hold up. I mean, that's just me. I literally have uh, so much secondhand embarrassment, I can't really handle it. But Dwight, along with Little Miss Scowls a lot and other assorted scientific sycophants, will be releasing a new YouTube series called An Idiot's Guide to Climate Change. Now, I'm not sure about your average lefty climate change alarmist, but I'm not a huge fan of being called an idiot. Uh, and I'm not really likely to tune into a program implying I am one. But actor Rain Wilson, Dwight, said of the new special, before our current devastating pandemic, I took a trip to Greenland with some climate scientists to explore the other devastating future pandemic, climate change. Not really how this works, Dwight, but I uh, knew nothing about climate science and uh, global warming. Shocked. And I'd never seen a glacier before. The amazing, fun, and terrifying journey seen in an idiot's guide to climate change really opened my eyes. It was my idiotic way of exploring this extremely non-idiotic issue. Climate change, devastation, amazing, fun, terrifying, idiotic. You heard it straight from Dwight Schrute. Assistant, assistant, not, not assistant, uh, not Greta, what is it? Greta Thunberg's assistant, but he's assistant to Greta Thunberg, whatever he is. He's not the assistant, Greta Thunberg. Now, let me, uh, let's see, what should we do here? I have one, let me give you this. This is, this is from Anderson Cooper, a kind of strange moment because there's a lot of things you can say about Donald Trump, but is this one of them? Watch. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Oh, he went out of the womb. There's too many questions, not questions I wanted. I'm going to leave. That was that. Look, Anderson, he's a little bit too, like, buttoned up to do the baby voice, I think. Now, think about this for a moment. They're trying to tell you that Donald Trump, Donald Trump, is very scared of the media. He's a little crying baby. Anderson Cooper not only says that, but he kind of says it in the mocking, arrogant tone filled with righteous indignation, sort of the baby thing. You know, you could say a lot of things about Donald Trump. I mean, really, you can. There's a whole lot of accusations you could throw at the guy and probably not be wrong all that often. But scared of the press? Have you watched his press conferences? President Trump has literally destroyed forever the term presidential, and that's why people like him. Because he doesn't just let the media attack him. He calls them fake news to their faces. He critiques their questions in real time. That was a horrible question. What's wrong with you? I mean, you like his antics or you hate his antics. The guy is definitely not afraid of the media. You think the media would have noticed this. They just spent the last three years pretending to be afraid of him for calling the media the enemy of the people. How? I, I, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? They've been saying they're terrified of the man over and over again. He's causing threats and violence and all of these things. They're on TV mocking him for being afraid of them. 
Now we're supposed to believe he's shaking in his boots because of the media? It really makes absolutely zero sense. I like Anderson, but when you're giving up uh, on, on, on being fair to the president, which I think a lot of people over at CNN have at this point, um, you get a lot of people who are doing the same thing. They've given up on journalism and instead, you know, sort of consumed themselves with the resistance. And this is the sort of journalism you stoop to when that happens. I mean, I will say. You know, he's allowed to to mock people just like Trump's allowed to mock people. But if you're trying to make the case that he's a danger to media members, you can't also make the case that he's terrified of them. I don't think they work together. Back in a second. There's a certain feeling that comes along with Car Shield. And, you know, you're driving your car around and you're feeling a little bit, a little bit more relaxed. A little bit, a little solace has come to you. Why? You feel protected. You know, if your car breaks down, you have Car Shield. You don't have to deal with all the crazy inflated expenses because you have Car Shield and it can protect you. It can save you thousands of dollars. You know, you go in there, your car's broken down, you know there's a multiple thousand dollar repair coming your way, and you see that bill, and the bill says like zero. That makes you feel good. You feel really good when that happens. CarShield offers payment flexibility with monthly plans that can be customized to your needs with rates as low as 99 bucks a month and no long-term con- uh, contracts or commitments. You can choose your favorite mechanic, too, so you don't have to like deal. They're not going to send you some, like, Bob, and Bob doesn't have any tools, but he's going to fix your car with rubber bands. That's not how this works. You pick the mechanic. You go wherever you want. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. Drive with confidence knowing you got a coverage from America's number one auto protection company for as low as 99 bucks a month. You can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands for a covered repair. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, and mention code STU. Or visit carshield.com and use the code STU to save 10%. Why not save the cash? Go to carshield.com, code STU. And remember, the promo code STU is important because that's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save that 10%. Do it today. A deductible may apply. 2020 will always be known as the year of the fall of Ellen DeGeneres, right? I mean, that's how we're all remembering it, right? I mean, Ellen had been known for a while in sort of Hollywood circles to be a little difficult, not always the most popular person as far as uh, being nice offset. Uh, but none of this had really come out in the press until this year. And I don't, I, I don't understand why. I have, an, I have a theory as to why. But let me give you what the theory is here from this uh, Business Insider article. Why, the 20, why 2020 has been the year of backlash against Ellen DeGeneres. They say it all started with a British or excuse me, a Dutch beauty YouTuber which is where I get most of my news uh, from, honestly. Here was her complaint. She, she complained to, uh, in some interview, maybe I'm being naive, but I expected them to welcome me with confetti. Welcome to the Ellen DeGeneres show. But instead, I got greeted by an angry intern who was a bit overworked. I expected a Disney show, but I got Teletubbies after dark. Every guest at Ellen had a private toilet, but I didn't, referring to a bathroom. I couldn't even, I like that they just add that in, referring to a bathroom, as if we had no idea what a toilet was. <laughs> Every guest at Ellen had a private toilet, but I didn't, she said, referring to a bathroom. I couldn't even use the closest toilet to me because it was reserved for the Jonas Brothers. She was referring to the Jonas Brothers there. Um, That sounds brutal. I can't believe you survived it, frankly. Um, Look, 
Ellen's been really nice um, on so, in some ways. I know her company has even helped out charities that we've worked with before. Ones you wouldn't see, think that, you know, conservative host and, you know, big celebrity. Uh, those two don't always mix. Uh, I just think that I swear it's because she sat next to George Bush and didn't say bad things about him. After that, all of a sudden she's been trashed over and over again. Speaking of getting trashed, let's look at some reviews on iTunes. Darth Stew says it's great. Whatever. I share a name in common with the host, so of course it's great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Thank you very much. Strike the Root says, whatever the show is, whatever the show is, you know, it's kind of great. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Amazing job. I will read your reviews if you put the five stars on it and you say cool things about it because I'm, you know, I'm selfish. And really the main reason I'm reading it is to get more good reviews. So, you know, we're kind of, you scratch my back, I scratch yours.